everybody from Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Me a song of a love that is gone. Could that be I? Say what you will, but I personally love Bear McCreary's new takes on every single season, sometimes twice within a season, like in this season. Yeah, exactly. Of the opening song. Love it. Yeah, like I've said before in, in previous episodes of, of Outlander Cast, not a big fan of messing with your titles. Don't I don't like messing with the visuals. I don't like messing with the song. I, I feel like once you pick it, that's it. That's what you're sticking with. And everything that you got, that's what you're sticking with. But Outlander, luckily, thankfully, happily, has proven me wrong. If you do it right and you do it the if you do it a fair way to represent your show, the storytelling of your show, mm-hmm. now you're talking turkey. So I'm in. I'm in. I, I again I'm in. Same, 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 same. <laughs> and I think that Bear has hit it, hit the nail on the head uh with Outlander being able to be in different environments and go across different continents and be able to tell backstories. Mm-hmm. I think that it's been a really cool element that he's been able to have um, that I don't think he's been able to have with other shows that he's worked on necessarily. No, I mean, I agree. I, we've we've gotten some other shows from him that are, um, you know, like he's done... Uh, Walking oh, Dead. The Walking Dead. And he did, obviously, Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think he's given himself some real... Mm, a breadth of... Um, instrumentation, if Agreed. you will, for, for Outlander, which is great. Yeah. So this is our last listener feedback episode of season six. Of course, it was a very quick season, but you all still had a lot to say. It's short, but it is it is not short when it comes to the feedback and Ooh. the thoughts that people have yep. on this finale. Um, so we're just so excited to be able to share this with you. And before we get into this episode, Blake and I do want to remind you that even though Outlander is ending on um, for the season six, obviously it's ended, Blake and I are still going to be podcasting strong. We've got lots of things going on. And now that Outlander has ended, it's allotted us a bit more room so we can go back to podcasting about Bridgerton. So if you're a Bridgerton fan, please search your Bridgerton with Marianne Blake. Just watch the first episode yes, of season two. Yes, and we are ready two. to talk. We are ready, ready to, to talk. Go. Let's get spill all the tea with <laughs> Lady Whistledown. We podcast about The Last Kingdom and Harry Potter. Yep. And we have loads of other podcasts that we cover, of course. And we will be covering the... Um, the Game of Thrones spin-off show, House of Targaryen. Yeah, uh, no, House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon, excuse yes. me. That, that's coming that in August. That comes out later in the summer, correct. And we are thinking... There are some brief conversations. Very brief. The very, very... Um, oh, how would you put... You know, just tertiary. Like, right... The just we're just we like, stepping in. We like it. Star Wars, and my favorite character in the Star Wars series is Obi Wan Kenobi. So I'll just leave it at that. You can fill in the you fill in the blank if you fill will. in the blanks if you will. It all comes down to how I do, how our kids are doing, how life is going. But yes. we may have a little surprise up our we don't sleeves. Know, we don't know if that's going to be just for members of Join the Nerd Clan or if it's going to be for the community writ large. Yet yeah, we're, we're again. 
or just take that for what you will. But we will let you know. And so, The Last Kingdom will be again once again for season five as soon as This Is Us. This Is Us uh, concludes its run uh, three or four weeks from now. So Correct. I'm ready to go, man. Ready Woo. to go. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Let's release the hounds. Shall we, Mary? We shall. Okay. Hold on. Where's, where's my sound? I got I to get my sound. Here we go. All right, all right, all right. All right, Marvin. As we are wont to do. Yes. In, um, yeah. <laughs> It's not. It's like I didn't work in television at all yeah, in my yeah, life. See, Here we I'm, go. I'm just switching cameras on Mary. I, I need the red watching. light to go off. I know that's true. You need the yeah. Good point. Thanks. Um, yeah, as we are wont to do on on the listener feedback episode, we're going to start with jointhenerdclan.com, and then we're going to move on to the rest of the voicemails. And trust me, there is no shortage of comments. There is no shortage of voicemails, and I hope. They all try to rip me to shreds. That's what I'm really hoping for. Oh, I hope so, too. <laughs> so, that's that. Would you like me to read the first comment? Absolutely. Let's okay. do it. Janelle McKenney writes in, All the kilts. This episode was amazing. As good as it's been to have a slower and more introspective season, it was great to have some action. And not just Lord John Gray shooing people and imagine it with a with a, the, the, the taraway broomstick. <laughs> <laughs> this episode flowed really well, and the storytelling felt natural. I think I'm in love with a new Jamie, and his name is Jamie Payne. Oh, Blake, yes. I enjoy your insights, but sometimes I feel like you're Rachel McAdams in The Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to delve into this. You give a lower rating, but give that episode a lot of praise. You've complained that some episodes are too plot-driven, and now we get a character-driven season, and you say, there's no arc. You love all the cliffhangers, but this didn't feel like a finale. Sometimes you'll praise and criticize the same thing in a single sentence. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like we listeners are Ryan Gosling yelling, what do you want? <laughs> it was great to see Mr. Maggie Smith again as leader of the brownies. Mr. Maggie Smith. <laughs> <laughs> so good. We spent so much time with Lionel and Claire's head that just seeing Richard Brown on screen had me on edge. Too bad these brownies showed up with guns, not Thin Mints and Samosas. <laughs> good choices. But we got some great action scenes and the show Shout out at Fraser's Ridge, or the shootout at Fraser's Ridge. Leave it to Jamie to have a secret lair. All of your talk of doomsday hideouts made me think of Brendan Fraser and Christopher Walken in the movie Blast from the Past. Lizzie and Lady Whistlebug needed a Batman searchlight, so Ian could have made it there sooner. It was awesome to see Ian as a warrior secretly trailing the brownies and then rescuing Jamie on the beach. I also loved his authority in telling Jamie that he already knew where Claire was and didn't need to keep the last brownie. I have a feeling we will start seeing Jamie and Ian treat each other more as equals. Oh, yes. Good point. Can't wait to see them team up as Captain Scotland and Hawkeye to rescue Claire. Love <laughs> Captain that. Captain Scotland and Hawkeye. <laughs> I bet Jamie oh. is sure glad he gave the Cherokee those guns. I hope we see Ian and Jamie kicking arse and taking names in the Revolutionary War in season seven. I'm sure we will. There were so many great intimate moments and conversations. For the first time since the end of season five, I saw that Jamie and Clary fell in love with. Between them working together to fight the brownies, their fireside chat about death and last meals, Jamie lying on top of Claire in the wagon, 
to protect her from the rocks and Jamie getting turned on by Claire punching people. <laughs> it felt like the good old times. I also <laughs> love that Jamie asks for water and Claire gives him whiskey. Oh. Claire's hair is still working on growing out, but we saw that Jamie is sure glad that her bum is back. Mm. Everyone wishes they looked like Jamie and Claire when they were having sex, yes. but really, we probably look more like Brie and Roger. <laughs> Nope, I wouldn't even go that far. You are not hairy enough. I am. <laughs> Look at all this. So much hair right And now. I'm shedding even more now because of my long COVID. <laughs> Pretty much couldn't it you a chest hair. I know, that's true. Good point. <laughs> Sorry, Blake, but it's time to take your own advice. Okay. Ooh, sit back. Sure. The actor is the actor. And the character is the character. Nope, nope, refuse. Richard Rankin is not Roger. Yes, We've he had is. a lot of conversations over the season about buying into Brie and Roger's relationship. Mm-hmm. Brie and Roger's relationship is different and was forged under different circumstances than Jamie and Claire. Okay. Their scenes sometimes don't feel genuine, and I'm not sure if it's the writing, Sophie's vocal inflection delivery, or editing ADR that contributes to their scenes oh. being so hit and miss. Fair enough. I actually thought this was a hit. I thought this was genuine and that we saw the Brie and Roger we see in the books. I loved their conversation about when to tell Jemmy about time travel. The lice scene is one of my favorites, and I was so glad it made it in. And how cute was Jemmy's remarks to oh, the baby? You were so precious. Mark Jones did a fabulous job as Tom Christie. We've had inklings that he's in love with Claire, but we really get to see it now. Even Jamie picks up on it. Tom is giving her his food and money, as well as staying by her side to keep her safe. He promises not to leave Wilmington. He even calls her righteous, which is probably his equivalent of, I burn for you. I burn for you! <laughs> Claire is definitely the bane of his existence and the object of all his oh, desires. I, like I mean, lick an ice cream spoon. Let's go. <laughs> Licking ice cream spoon. That's what they do in Bridgerton. I know, I know. I just, I'm so glad we're crossing shows mm, here. Me too. This is good stuff. Sorry, Tom. You're no diamond of the first water. Oh, no. Mm. No. No. At the end of each season, I love to go back and watch the first opening scenes of season one. Mm-hmm. Claire contemplates whether or not buying the vases and making a home for them would have changed things. She says that even with all the heartbreak and pain that follows, she would still make the same choices again. It feels more impactful with mm-hmm. each season. And her outlandish theory is that Claire's next door cellmate is going to be the jewel thief, whistling a tune from the future. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I mean, hey, why not, right? Yes. Both I in agree. jail. Why not? And she could whistle it back. Maybe she could harmonize. I doubt Claire has that good of singing skills, though. So, oh, yeah. I don't know how her whistling would be. I've uh, never seen her whistle. Yeah. You know, I feel, you know, there, there are professional whistlers. Yep. Like, that's a thing? Yep. That's a whole thing. I should have gone into that line of work. I know, right? I'm a really good whistler. What are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? Why didn't you Why didn't you whistle professionally? I tried to, and then my lips got all dry. That was part of my audition. <laughs> <laughs> Kicked out. That was part of my audition. <laughs> all right. So, so, um... Judy Brown? Do I feel like... Rachel McAdams to you. That's the question, Mary. Yes. I don't frustrate me a lot. Well, you frustrate me and a lot of other people a lot. (sighs) What do you want? Um, I'm not going to say that Janelle's wrong. I wouldn't like build a house for you and like do all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, if you didn't know how good I was and you left and didn't come back. Well, I always know how good you are. I know. Trust me. I know. That's Trust what I'm just saying. That. It's like. Trust me. I know. Um, 
am I am I Rachel McAdams? That's the real question. And here's my thought on this. Um, no, I'm not. Okay. Because I think Rachel McAdams would even say that about herself. I'm not Rachel McAdams. <laughs> um, because first of all, I was trying to I was trying to lighten the blow. All right, for for everybody that loved 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 this episode. And again, by the way, just want to say this: I gave this episode two ratings for a reason. One, it was four and a half. That was one of the best ratings of this entire season. But as a finale, I gave it a low. And I wanted to lighten the blow for all you guys because I wanted to heap praise on the things that I loved so that you didn't think I was just hopping on your favorite. Nobody listened to this podcast just to listen to me or any podcaster just like shit on the thing that you love. Sorry, the crap on the thing that you love. Nobody listens to a podcast to do that. But it is a fair thing to have a, a, a reasonable and fair critical argument of the thing that you love. If it weren't for shows like ours or even shows that are on, on ESPN or book reviews, movie re- then there's no conversations surrounding the, 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 the industry writ large. And it's important to have those conversations. I agree. But I also think that sometimes, you know, you go back on what you say within the same paragraph. Well, that again, be- which is fine. <laughs> we and, just want to let you know. And as far as as far as the the whole like the I don't really want to talk about you much uh, more. Fair enough. Fine. Fine. Because we all know we I, all have our opinions. We either think you're Rachel McAdams or we don't. You don't need to. You don't need to. Uh, I don't need to plead your case. I don't need to plead my. I'm just. I either am or I am not. Do, yeah. More than likely, I am. It's okay. <laughs> All right, we got a lot of voicemails. We're gonna get to it. Here we go. Hi, Mary and Blake. Daisy calling from Melbourne, Australia. Hello, long time listener and first time caller. Yay! Little ding, ding, ding. So my kilt rating oh, sorry. for yes, season finale right. was four point nine kilts. My good was the look Jamie gives Tom as he's staring at Claire. It's like Jamie knows that something's up, and it's freaking brilliant. My bad was the amount of time with Roger and Brianna. I just didn't care enough for them. And also, Roger's already claimed Jemmy as his son, so the birthmark thing didn't really seem relevant. And tie for a bad, that cliffhanger, like, what the actual hell? My great was badass Claire Fraser storming out of the big house with that massive shotgun and Claire and Jamie fighting side by side at home. It was Mm -hmm. just epic for me. Honorable mention to Claire and Jamie Tuppy time when she says she's scared and no words, just gentle touching and love making. Thank you guys for bringing the goods once again. And I pray we all survive another drought lander. And also Mary, good luck with the long COVID clinic. Thank you. Oh, we need it. Trust me. We, we need, need all the luck for the long COVID clinic. I know. May 17th, baby. <laughs> they don't know what they don't know what's coming. And listen, I, I know the drought land is here and it's you know, it sucks. It sucks to say that. But guess what? There's a lot of good TV out there, ladies and gents. There's a lot of good films out there. And we're here to help you cover it for you. So yeah. uh trust me, expand the horizons here. Broaden broaden your world a little bit and trust us, trust the process. And come join us on a journey for some new television. Oh. See? See, that's what I'm here for. I love it. I take care of you. You do. All right, let's get the next one. Hey, kids. Now, I can say that because I just turned 60. Oh, happy <laughs> just birthday. Just giving you some general feedback about Outlander Cast and This Is Us too. Okay. I'll listen to both. Sure. Um, first, for Pete, I'd like to say you guys need a button on your website 
that says Pete Hall of Fame, and mm. we can press it whenever we want to hear his <laughs> clever montage. Yes. Second, my vote for reaching 900 patrons is for Blake to do a cooking lesson. Ooh. Oh, and okay. Third, Lou. Lou, Lou, Lou. <laughs> you should have gotten a heads up when you went to their website and oh. you saw Mary and Blake's picture and their name on the website. And you saw there was a podcast with listener feedback. And there was one called This Is Us Two. And the, just the sheer amount of personal detail that you get about these two oh. should tell you that this is a different kind of podcast. For Christ's sake, they've invited us not only into their living room, but into their bedroom. <laughs> it is the joy of that personal connection, not to mention... You guys, delightful banter and amazing insights, which makes your podcasts outstanding. Lastly, Mary, all of the prayers. Keep the faith. It's going to work. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. You know what? Lou, I, I don't think Lou ever expected to become a thing. Agreed. I don't I don't think it ever happened. Lou, Lou came into this, didn't know that they were walking into a hornet's nest. We got a new person. You upset the nerds. Oh, someone, you, someone's joined the ranks of Lou. Oh, really? What do we got? I'd love this. Mean, I mean reviews. I heart HK. Yeah. On Apple Podcasts. I heart HK. So if you haven't written a review on Apple Podcasts and you like us, please go and flood them so that these ones go away. <laughs> Put was great. Okay, was was great. Was well, at least great. we were great at one point. Now it's getting to be the blathering Blake with sound effects show. <laughs> Mary, who understands the series, is so much better. Hardly gets a word in anymore. Oh. I heart HK. I've had COVID. <laughs> Long COVID. <laughs> so if I'm not getting any words in, it's probably because I'm like massaging my face. Oh, man. It's okay. Blathering. Okay. I, I, I blather. We have... We have We've got a lot uh, of great ones. I do want to let you know we have a lot of great reviews. As I said, if you haven't gone in yet. But um, there was a time when, when mean comments... Hurt our feelings. Yeah, now it's just like, hey man, no problem. Like you've listened to uh, this many episodes. Yeah, and you took the time to, you know, write a comment. It's all good. That's that's that. I think that's more reflective of you. No, than, you know, maybe than, they had than, a bad day. Maybe. maybe they, hey, you know what? Could have had a bad cup of coffee in Connecticut. Stop. <laughs> all right. Next feedback. All right. Here we go. Hi, Mary. Hi, Blake. It's Pete from Tewksbury in England. Um, I hope you're both well, all things considered. I just wanted to say thank you for continuing to put out your podcast, despite all that you've both been going through. It's very much appreciated. You probably, um, I don't know, feel a sense of obligation, having built up this legion of fans worldwide um, to put out the podcasts. But it'd be perfectly understandable if you... Um, said uh, no we've had enough or you're not doing it for a few months so thank you very much um i'm not much of an internet person to be honest i'm a bit too busy half the time just like yourselves but mm -hmm. uh, my wife will occasionally come into the kitchen when i'm cooking a meal for the family and say you chuckling away at outlander again <laughs> so yeah i'm chuckling away at the outlander podcast the outlander podcast um so there you go. That gives you an idea of the day-to-day um, -day effects you have on your fans. It's really appreciated. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I, uh, By the way, Mary, as well, great singing. Um, 
on that thing that uh, Blake posted. If I did that uh, in a crowded room, then that room would empty pretty quickly. I'm referring <laughs> oh, to the, the Burns night thing, okay. by the way. I'm running out of time, so I am going to go, going to go on another one. Apologies. Well, since you're the Hall of Fame caller, you get to. Pete, you get to. That's okay. Here we go. Hi, it's Pete again. Hello. Um, one of the things I wanted to say was um, I was a great fan of Game of Thrones and in the UK here, when it reached like season four or five, they had uh, two or three kind of one of these kind of compilation episodes where they were doing countdowns from 20 to one as to what were the best um, the best scenes in any episode. Mm. And that got me thinking about what would be the case with Outlander. I don't mean the best the best um, episode, but the best um, scenes that are, are most memorable. Um, what comes to mind f- for me, for example, is Faith mm. um, in season two, I think it was. I've never actually rewatched that episode, but I can still recall right now in my head the haunting piano mu- music when Mary um, steps out of the coach and goes along the line of servants, mm-hmm. do you remember? Yep. Having given up her baby uh, in the Paris hospital. Um, Ghost Frank as well. Do you remember when he's um, oh. kind of giving the wry smile and the subtle nod to Bree as she heads away? Could never forgive. As if I to forget. say, it's going to be all right, I'm proud of you. Wentworth as well, when um, uh, Jamie is staring into space and Blackjack Randall suddenly sits up behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe an idea for a future podcast? It just got me thinking. Oh, like anyway, uh, take care. Hope to catch up with you soon. And thank you very much. Bye. Oh, Pete, 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 if you ever think, if you ever, ever think that I could just forget Frank. Now, I'm not going to say I'm going to revoke the Hall of Fame status because you think I forgot about that, about that scene. I'm not going to do that because I'm I'm in a given mood today. That scene never leaves my consciousness. That that is one of the scenes. That's one of the very few scenes that I actually genuinely cried when I saw that. And that is not a lie, is it, Mary? It's not. Not a lie, because that was that was something. So, but yeah, you know what, Pete, you bring a you bring a great idea to the table here, which is maybe we could do like a top five favorite scenes of Outlander, you know, thus far. The moments that hit you. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I dig that, Pete. All right, uh, let's get to the next comment here. Judy Brown says, I totally agree with Blake. Okay. The quality of this episode as a finale was disappointing. Cannot even be compared to Dragonfly and Amber or Never My Love. If you want to see a fabulous finale filmed during the pandemic, watch Severance. Absolutely top-notch, engineered with creativity, suspense, revelations, and a cliffhanger. Oh, I've never watched that show. We, I, It's on Apple TV, mm-hmm. and it's something that we probably should watch. I've seen a lot of different good things about it. What's it about? I don't know. Okay, well, that's really a great sell. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great elevator pitch, Blake. I don't know. <laughs> but we should totally watch it. Okay. Uh, my spare time, right? Veronica Defoe writes in, so if the show had said this was a split season with four more episodes being released later at some point, you'd be okay with it as a mid-season finale? Just wondering. Because truth be told, this kind of is like a mid-season finale, mm. and they were very upfront with it without mm. coming out on the TV. They couldn't like come out and be like, "Hi, everybody, set your expectations differently," because due to ex- you know extenuating circumstances, extenuating, extenuating circumstances. You. Thank you. <laughs> we've got we've got some issues going on. 
Can you say that this would be a fine mid-season finale? Uh, as a mid-season finale, I would say... <sighs> yes. Okay, moving on. <laughs> what do you mean, okay, moving on? Um, but even then, like, I'm not sure I could do that because the mid-season finale of season one was much better. It wrapped up a lot of different um It was planned story. to be that way. I know, but the argument here, Mary, mm-hmm. is that they knew going into it that it should have, that they had COVID. They knew that, uh, that um, okay. Katrina was pregnant. And it's not like, you know, these scripts are put into lock and that's the end. Like, oh, can't touch him anymore. I don't care what happens. Like, The Leftover, season three, Damon Lindelof and Tom Parada were famously rewriting episodes day of in Australia for season three. And I, I'm just I'm just saying. Okay. Just saying. You get to have your opinion. Okay. Do you want to read Laurel? Uh, absolutely. What do we got? Uh, Laurel says, five kilts, the good, the shootout. Oh my God, I thought Jamie was so funny. We kept purposely shooting super close to Mr. Brown. Brown's reactions were priceless. The bad. Roger Mack and Bree having so much time in this episode was my bad. Also, does anyone think that Jemmy looks like Bonnet and not anything like his father, Roger? Mary says the books will reveal why we spent so much time on their storyline, so I believe her, and I plan to read the books during Droughtlander. And as a general question, if I read the books, is it a better Outlander experience to let the show surprise us than read the corresponding book? I'm wondering if I should read up to book seven just prior to season seven or just read through book six for now. And well, let me stop you there for one second, Laurel. Having watched the show first and then gone back and read the books afterwards, I would say watch the show. I would say the opposite to read book seven. A, it's going to be a long time. B, but like I would start at the beginning. If you haven't read any of them, start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Um, (laughs) But it fills in all these nooks and crannies and it gives you such depth into the characters that you may not have necessarily had for all of them. Um, These past two seasons of the show Outlander have been a bit jostled around and some exciting things start to really happen. So I say go for it. I say go for it, and I think if you read book seven before season seven, it doesn't really matter because it's not really about book seven per se. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I think that you're well established in seeing who these characters are as a show that I think you would enjoy it, honestly. So she's read through book three, and she wants to read through seven before next season. Go for it, and just keep going. I say don't. I say let the show... Tell its story. Friends in the comments, what are your thoughts? Um, It'll help make Dratlander so much more fun. I do know um, Angela Hickey, our queen bee, in the Outlander Cast Clan book club on Facebook is doing a reread in deep depth um, discussion about Drums of Autumn. So you could be joining in, of course, mm. in on that. So for any book readers who want to head on over, that's going to be a really fun activity. Um, but I say, I say, go for it. If you've got the time, go hang out with Jamie and Claire a little more. Yep. And the Max. And uh, Laurel's great was Ian being a G. 
Seriously, such a great rescue. Love that he had his chance to save his uncle after Jamie crossed an ocean to save him. Full circle family looking out for each other is what Outlander is all about. The Cherokee aiding in Jamie's rescue was also deeply meaningful. Jamie may have been betrayed by his actual tenants, but the Cherokee's respect remains strong. So interesting, very interesting. I like that take, Laurel, about the tenants versus the Cherokee's loyalty. Mm. Excellent call out. All right, here we go. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Lisa from Hi. Montana. Hi, Lisa. Uh, this is about the Outlander finale. And Blake, I have to say, I agree with everything you said in okay. the finale podcast. I 100% was with you. I thought you were being generous, actually. So I'm going to give this episode, I don't know, I could maybe be as generous as four kilts, but I'm really more like 3.5. I was very disappointed in this episode. Okay. Uh, I know I'm going to get hate, but it is what it is. No um, hate. No hate here. So my good, I guess, if I have to find a good, and I struggle to find it, <laughs> Jamie and Claire together is always good. Um, just their love and the way they hang out together and their conversations together, always lovely. The bad, pretty much the whole episode, really. They spent too much time with Roger and Bree, the lice situation. I mean, what? You know, also, where was Bree when we had the gunfight? We really could have used her. We could have. She's a great shot. Anyway, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I get it. They're creating their own storyline for what's to come. But it, no, it, we need in, too much time was spent on them when we need to see other things happening. Um, you know, also uh, Brown going back on his word about how Jamie and Claire would be together and be safe, blah, blah, blah. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the great, obviously, I, for me anyway, was Ian and the Cherokee saving the day. Um, mm -hmm. Took him long enough, but he showed up. Hi, yeah, this, it was just, yeah, I'm hoping season seven's better because just season six all around was not great, Bob. But thanks, guys. I really appreciate you. Have a great day. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Um, my sense, now that the show has the benefit of moving beyond COVID and moving beyond Kat's pregnancy, is that it will be better in season seven. And my sense is that there's momentum for season seven, like just trust in, in terms of the story. Trust the plot. Yes, I he, promise. I'm not sure if I said this last episode, but season six felt like one long trailer for season seven. Hmm. I mean, that's a very long, long, long. Trailer. I know, but you you get what I'm saying. Like it, it felt like a, a, a it felt like a preview of coming attractions. Hmm. Well, that's the way that it felt to me. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm Mary and Blake. This is April from Virginia. Hi, I was just listening to um, the recording of the podcast reviewing um, I Am Not Alone. And I have to say that I agree with Blake on this not being a very good season finale. Um, I have my theory on it. Um, I read a blog that was posted on y'all's site um, written by, I believe, one of your staff writers. It was an interview with Diana and it's apparently this season was originally supposed to be 12 episodes, mm -hmm. but Katrina Balfe got pregnant in the middle of it. So they had to cut out the last four written episodes uh, to accommodate her pregnancy. So my theory is this episode was not originally made as a season finale, but they had to kind of finagle it mm -hmm. to make it a season finale. Mm -hmm. um, so... I think that's why it wasn't written as well as it could have been and could have been a good um, season finale. But um, those are just my thoughts. 
So that's that's how I feel about that. Um, but I definitely also agree with Roger about the Brie. I mean, agree with Blake about the Brie and Roger storyline. <laughs> um, I didn't understand why it was there. And I'm a book reader and I don't really remember why it's there. Um, I didn't think it led it. It gave much to the storyline. But anyway, those are my thoughts. I hope you guys have a great week. Yeah. You know, listen, do, do I want to say well, cat should just shoot whatever she should. It doesn't matter that the baby is growing. Like, no, of course not. Like, kids are kids. Your pregnancies are pregnancies. But my other thing about it is, as a showrunner and as producers, you know, I think the they have an obligation once they get the information in hand to to make the correct calls and make the correct decisions and rewrite things and move things around, move the schedules. I mean. There have been shows that have dealt with pregnancies before. I mean, This Is Us wrote a, a totally, completely cogent se um, se uh, season, season five, when Mandy Moore was pregnant uh, in the midst of the heavy COVID. Uh, think of um, Carrie Russell in The Americans, straight up pregnant in season four of The Americans, and they had to CGI her body. And that is an action-laden show. Well, every woman's pregnancy is different. Fair. Okay. Fair. So right. keep that in mind. I got it. I got you. All right. Hi. This is Sherry from Northwest Arkansas. Hi. Saying hi to Mary and Blake and thanking you for putting up with this, uh, oh, I don't know, all the mess that's been going on with the COVID and of <laughs> your, own, your own issues and to keep, to keep us informed about what was going on with Outlander. Um, my good... And my bad is uh, the trip of Jamie and Claire. Um, I love the fact that they were together, but I didn't like the fact that they were, and you know, having so many problems on the way and being separated again. But I hope they'll change next season. Um, I also wanted to make a um, comment about Tom. Uh, in the beginning, he um, was afraid to be touched by Claire. And then at the end, at the last moment there, he was able to touch her mm -hmm. and give her comfort. And I found that very um, interesting. Um, and does anyone know why there is a guy hanging from someplace, a storefront, and when they got into Wilmington? I was wondering about that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, oh, my great was seeing Claire come out of her shell and having Jamie said there was a fire in her eye. And I love seeing that again. So I thank you and look forward to talking to you guys next season. Have a good day. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate um, that. The person hanging, I saw that as a doll dressed up wearing the red coat. Yes. I saw that as a more like yes. scarecrow, that don't actually, come around here. That was quite common at that time. So what they would do is they would tar and feather these dolls or these scarecrows, and then they would light them on fire some a lot of the time too. Make you feel better about your life. Uh, or they would tar and feather it, whatever. But yes, yeah, that was quite common at that time. As, Very cathartic as a, as, as a pro as a protest. <laughs> so yes, all right. Let's get to the next one. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Glow from Methuen and Hello. Redway. This may be your cousin from Boston. Now I give this episode five kilts for this bad boy. I still think that the season was too short, but grateful for it. I understand why. Mm -hmm. What a team Claire and Jamie made. I was so impressed, but not surprised with how smoothly they worked together. It was like clockwork, mm -hmm. and rightfully so. 
And Clea can shoot. She's a fabulous shot sure and never missed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Unlike himself. <laughs> I loved that Clea finally told Jamie everything, but one conversation and reassurance is not going to make her PTSD go away. Mm-hmm. She still has a lot of healing to do. And now with the new trauma of being arrested and stoned, verbally abused and incarcerated, she's going to need all the copays. Oh yeah. So and many copays. Clea needs a major vacation. Amen. <laughs> I do think that the drive to an open functioning courthouse was dragged on a bit, mm-hmm. especially for a short season. Agreed. Where is Ned Gowan when you need a good one? Mm-hmm. Probably croaked. In Scotland. <laughs> my good is that cellar. Oh, my God. That cellar of goodies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Guns and ammo guns. and whiskey. Wonderful. My bad is Mrs. Bug. She's on my you-know-what list. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, woman. You work for the Frasers. Where? Oh, looks like she got cut off. Hold on we lost it. Okay, here's the second one, guys. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I was talking about my bad being Mrs. Bug. I mean, where is her loyalty? She sure. works for them, for yep. God's sake. Yep. And my great was the last five to ten minutes, starting with Ian saving the day. Yes. His arrow work is, is that what you call it? I don't know. <laughs> was <laughs> amazing. Boom, boom, boom. One right after the other. Down went the bad guys. Awesome. Chief Bird had one of my favorite lines in the episode. I told you I would fight with you, bear killer. Mm -hmm. Love that guy. Love him. And the guy that Claire shot in the belly, Ezra, he was the only one that died. It looked like they mortally wounded more than one guy. So many jabronis. The browns, (laughs) the fisher folk. I was very disappointed with with the people on the ridge. I could have been very happy with just a Claire and Jamie episode for the Mm. finale. We really didn't need to see Bree and Roger at all. But Jemmy is a beautiful boy and he's so adorable. But all that time with them could have been focused on the reason we all watch Outlander, Claire and Jamie. Sex in the tent on the cold ground with their son two feet away. Oh, my God. I didn't need that. Now, I am always here for some rumpy pumpy, but I, for one, did not need to see Harry Roger vroom vroom all over his wife, <laughs> no matter how stunning she is. Oh, crap. This is going to go to three. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, well, I, I don't know, but uh, I don't think I don't think we have the next one. So I will say her bad was Mrs. Bug. Yes. I don't know why she thinks Mrs. Bug wasn't on their side. I think she just took her time. Well, no, it's the bugs. The bugs have been a little I know. I just don't want her to think that Mrs. Bug was in the mob of Fisher folk. That was someone else. Yes, that's fair. All right, that's so, fair. So just in case Gloria thought Mrs. Bug was hanging out with the Fisher folk with the pitchforks and their, their fire sticks, their torches, <laughs> um, that wasn't her. Yep, fair enough. All right, uh, let's see what we got here. We'll do the next... Comment. Megan Williams, she says, Good. Roger and Bree. I loved the lice and the vroom and the most honest and accurate depiction of our kids in the next room sex I've ever seen. I'm an expert. I have six kids and three are under two. Wow. <sighs> Megan. You, you are an oh. angel. An angel. Oh, man. You are a better person than I. I don't know how you're even writing. I wouldn't even be able to write. She wrote a good amount, too. I know. 
<sighs> okay, the room in the bed was icing. I'm glad we got some solid Roger and Bree normal relationship that didn't involve an argument or plot movement. You know why Megan Just liked character. this? Why? She has sex in a room next door to her little kids. Well, that's what she was saying, you Marvin. Oh. <laughs> Oops. How to tell when the hosts listening aren't listening. <laughs> I got distracted. <laughs> you know what it makes me think of? I was thinking of Dances with Wolves when Kevin Costner's laying next to the people who is basically his Airbnb hosts. Yes, yes. And they're just having sex right there next to him. And he's like an adult. Yeah. And a t- real adult. Yeah. It's Kevin right Costner. Yep. <laughs> so better Jimmy or Megan's kids than the Kevin Costner next to you. Oh, man. All right. Bad. The Jamie and Claire separation storyline. I know this is completely a Diana thing, but nothing good comes from splitting them up. I know it's just a way to move the plot along, but it just happens a lot. Megan, I I agree with you, but when you, here's the thing. When you have such a a solid foundation as a couple and you need to create tension, the best thing you can do is split them up because you know that together they're pretty much going to be able to do anything. Oh my God, it's like me and you on game night. Oh, you can't you can't beat us. You can't beat us you can't, in Taboo. You just cannot beat us in Taboo. It's no, Nobody on this planet can beat Mary and I in Taboo. I mean, probably a couple of nope, people. Nope, 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 nope. I refuse to believe that. Okay. No, we are the best. Freaking eels, I mean, okay? I, I bet like twins would be better because they have the, got that twin no, think thing. No, no, not as better, not as good as being married. The great though, the theme of not being alone. I loved how all the character storylines showed us how alone none of them really were. Roger and Bree talking about how to parent a hard conversation. Claire and Jamie are there for each other, but Tom Christie, the bugs, a bit lackluster on their part still, but still. The Lizzie sandwich, Ian, JQM, and the Ardsmere men are all there for them as well. None of us are alone. And I feel this is a great way to end the season that highlighted how alone we can feel in the midst of mm-hmm. adversity and was a bit of a worldwide theme during the entire last two mm-hmm. years. The bonus great, Ian. His yes. story is my favorite in books seven and eight. And I'm so glad he is finally getting the scream time to back that up. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. Looking forward to your take on Bridgerton next. Yay! Uh, trust me, I am too. I can't wait for Bridgerton. And you know what? I'm kind of looking forward to the Ian story, too. I want to see what happens here. I want to see his loyalties in all of this mm. and how that translates to things with the Frasers, how that translates to things with the Cherokee, I, I, all of it. Everybody. I want to see what happens. Awesome. I want to see what happens. All right, let's get to the next voicemail. Okay. Hi, Marion Blake. Um, Christy Fort Portlandia. Hi, Christy. Hi. Blake, that's an estate pronounced Oregon. Sorry, Oregon? Yep. What? Just saying. Um, <laughs> but uh, on a serious note, I totally agree with Blake that this should have two different ratings. Um, from My kilt rating for the episode is four. For the finale is three, maybe a 2.5. Other than the last scene, I... I'm super sad, and it was a rough week for uh, series finales because Ozark was also a disappointment, but that's another podcast. I haven't um, seen it yet. Anyway, I was just thinking that um, I know that there was that a really lovely scene between um, Roger and Bree and Jemmy and them just having a, a confirmation that Jemmy was really Roger's, but we did have that in season five when he was had a whole he was playing with uh, Claire's necklace that she received from one of the um, Cherokee women um, 
And, you know, and he was saying, it's, oh, it's hot, it's hot. Mm-hmm. And it broke up in his hand and everyone witnessed it, including Jamie and Claire. Mm-hmm. And so they did have original confirmation. So maybe this is just like that additional confirmation that was meaningful for their family or something. But I just wanted to point that out. Appreciate you guys so much. Take care. Mm. Thank you. I like it. Uh, Samcha uh, here says, I feel as though on binge watches, because the cliffhanger won't have the impact, it won't feel like a finale. <sighs> yeah, you know what? Fair. Fair. In a binge watch style environment. I think that would be okay to say. All right, let's get to the next one. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Bunny from Cincinnati. Hi, Bunny. All I can say is, Blake, 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 what are we going to do with you? I'll be very curious to hear the feedback you got from this latest podcast. So far, I've been, in, I've First, been vindicated. let me say that, of course, you have every right to your opinions and should be able to express them freely. However, I feel that you were truly unfair to episode 608 of Outlander. I'm sure you will have heard this many, many times by now and know this already yourself. Episode 608 was never supposed to be the finale. Mm -hmm. When you compare Outlander to your beloved Succession, it is a totally ridiculous comparison. I don't think so. Katrina is one half of the lead couple upon whose shoulders this entire series lays. Agreed. She could not continue to film. Agreed. She was six and a half months pregnant when they stopped. She planned to take a six-month maternity leave. Yep. Waiting until she came back would have added at least another year to Droughtlander, Mm -hmm. and the powers that be could not wait that long to bring the series back. Agreed. They were over halfway through filming the season when they decided that they had to stop at episode eight. Agreed. you really haven't been fair all season, giving Outlander really low kilt ratings. I don't think so. I don't think it was justified. If you start throwing out fives to the other shows that you podcast about, I'm going to, well... I don't know what I'm going to do because, yes, it's just a TV show. I still love you, Blake, but sometimes you make me want to throw things at my computer. Well, that's what I'm here for, buddy. Oh, that's not what you're here of for, Blake. Of course it Blake. is. People throw things at a computer. Of course it is. That's what we're, we're here to elicit conversation. That's what we're here for. I agree with all of the points that Bunny made. All of them. A hundred percent. The powers that be should have done a better job at planning it out. It just it is what it is. It is what it is. And yes, she came in pregnant. Yes, they had a finite amount of time. How is it that other shows could write cogent series finales when their leads, Kerry Russell in in particular, for the Americans, was 100% pregnant as well? Just... Different times, different situations. It was like five years ago. Uh, Yeah. It it just Different people... Katrina Balfe was at uh, what they now call an advanced age, too, yep. for having babies. So, Carrie Russell was the same age. And, you know, this is still a pandemic time. Every person's Fair. pregnancy is different. And there were things going on with set issues or with like um, crew issues, like a whole bunch of stuff. And you know about all this bunch of stuff. So... I think you just need to simmer down. Yep. Uh, Vicky's calling me out. Blake, it's not illicit conversation. It's not vandalism. I agree. I said the wrong word. I'm trying to say, I meant to say facilitate conversation. I apologize. So, um, and I'm not just throwing around fives here. I'm not throwing around. I, get, I did give the Miguel episode a five plus. And this is us. I did. I totally did. But that was, that was well-deserving. So, 
Thank you, Bonnie. I appreciate everything that you said. And everyone is va- is welcome to their opinion. And I'm very thankful that other people get to call in with their opinions. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Jessica up in Ottawa, Canada. Long, long time listener, first time caller. All right. And what got me calling in for the very first time is I absolutely agree with Blake. This episode did not feel like a finale. Mm-hmm. This episode felt like to me like the episode that was before the finale. So I was so dissatisfied with the ending of the season. So I could only give this episode a 4.5. Um, my GBGs for this episode love the moment when uh, they Brianna and Roger realize that Jimmy and Roger sharing that mark means that Roger really is his father. My bad anything to do with Richard Brown. He is such an odious character. Hate him, hate him, hate him. <laughs> and wanted to retch when he started talking about honor Ooh, as yes. though he was an honorable man and Jamie wasn't. Nice. Uh, but my great for this episode absolutely was the portrayal of Tom Kurtzby by Mark Lewis Jones. I hated the character in the book, but he's just done such an amazing job portraying him. Agreed. I have a soft spot for this character in the show. And um, it, it was very subtle, but just if you haven't watched, go back and watch him again. He just does such a brilliant job. That was my favorite part of the episode. Anyways, love the podcast. Keep it up. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Oh, thank well, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, let's get to the next comment, shall we? We shall. I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling pretty vindicated in, in all of this. I'm feeling, feeling pretty good. People are kind of agreeing with me. It well, me- it's 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 incredible because it really seems to be like half and half. And mind you, yes. Blake doesn't line these no, uh, I don't voicemails line up. up. It's just how they are called in. He just yeah. pushes play on the little thing that as they called in. So it is pretty remarkable to hear and to read the the extreme differences in how people feel about this finale. Yep, yep, I agree. Sarah says, uh, I was totting up a list in my head of how often Jamie and Claire get separated, and it is a lot. I agree. It was nice to see Roger with very little drama this season. Uh, oh, so she put Bodger as in Brianna. And oh, Roger. okay. Okay, cool. Uh, setting them up as a real unit for their book seven and eight storylines, and cannot wait for Ian's storyline coming up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as far as that goes, though, Mary and Blake, my comment last week was 100% a compliment to you. I've only been an Outlander fan for the last five months, books, then show, and I've devoured it all since December and fallen pretty hard in love with both. Aww. I only discovered your podcast about two months ago, and I'm already re-watching season one and listening to all of your podcast Aww. episodes I missed. It is so clear listening to your season one eps and now that the season six ones that you guys are so in love and hearing how Blake knew you were the one from uh, right, right from the off in your loving, beautiful, banterful, supportive dynamic honestly shines and it warms my heart. You guys are a regular Claire and Jamie. And I meant that in full sincerity, (laughs) but hopefully now I've blown a suitable amount of smoke up your jacksie. You'll see this and read out my kilt rating for this week. Anyway, my rating is five plus kilts for this episode. The best. All of Jamie and Claire's scenes, the action-packed ones, were excellent. I love to see them work as a team. Quick side note, Jamie, since when did you have a bat cave underneath your house? I love that quite quiet He's personal moments. <laughs> of course he does. He's a Taurus. He's got cell guns. That's how we are. I love the quiet personal moments and especially the sex scene. There were so many levels to it. I loved how Jamie Payne paralleled his work from last week. 
Last week, Claire lay awake alone and tormented. This time, she turned to Jamie for comfort, mm -hmm. showing us that she is truly letting him into her pain. It was incredibly emotional to see how this couple, facing this new uncertainty and who have been separated before, so lovingly hold on to one another. It was like they were trying to become one person, and I don't mean just that in the physical sense. It also showed us that they use sex to comfort each other in times mm -hmm. of need and how this is a key element in their relationship. The great Jamie Payne's direction. Those badass shots of Ian with his arrow and the bullet through the hand and the eye were incredible. The shot of the swaying lantern in the wagon bobbing in time with Claire's head really struck a chord with me as well, and it reminded me of the whiskey decanter lid from last week. Ooh, I agree with you, Blake. Call. Jamie Payne should direct every episode. Mark mm -hmm. Lewis Jones also did an incredible job in this episode, too. The good. Brie and Roger's road trip and the cute dynamic they have going on. They are really drawing me in this season so much so that they have so much more than they have done in uh, seasons previous. And it makes me very excited for their storylines to come. In closing here, my take on the finale debate season as a whole. I honestly don't have a bad word to say about this episode. It's a new favorite for me. It was suitably packed with action and emotion for a finale, but I agree that it was not a finale. It is quite obviously not the point the show was supposed to end at. And yes, the tonal shift between the two stories was jarring and we got no resolution whatsoever. But I'm okay with that because I understand the circumstances and I would not lose this episode for the world. I completely understand the frustration of some that the lack of resolution and I acknowledge it is my book knowledge that makes me so chill regarding this point. Speaking yeah. for myself, it would have been a tragedy if they hastily rewritten this episode to tie up loose ends and we got lost all of the amazingness. The collective talent of this cast floors me. This was a, a lot of heavy material this season. Everyone brought their A game and got a chance to shine. Kat did a lot of the heavy lifting this season, and Sam had to do a lot of the reactive work at points, which he played with so much nuance. We might as well call Jamie the Ridges Grief Counselor, mm -hmm. and at this point, and it's honestly been a pleasure to watch him do that. The season was incredibly book accurate, and my favorite since season one. I always judge the show in its own right and try to embrace changes, but I can't deny my joy at seeing the book come to life in front mm -hmm. of my eyes like it did this year. For a show that has been so much to cram in and as a consequence of sometimes as plot, 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 I loved how much character exploration we got this season. The slowed down pace was a winner for me. Happy birthday to Mary and feel Thank better. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to both of you for continuing to podcast for us with everything that's been going on. I appreciate you both. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. That is really good stuff. Yeah. Great. A great Concur. feedback. Great feedback. I'm in. Let's go. Here we go. We got some more voicemails to get to. If I could find it. Here we go. Nope. My computer won't let me do it. Let's go. Hey, Mary and Blake. This is Dawn from upstate South Carolina. First time caller. Hey, Dawn. First, Mary is right. PETA indeed. But Blake, I do like your detailed points and critiques. I really enjoyed this episode in the whole season. I think they did a great job working within their constraints, and it must be viewed within those same constraints. You could definitely see the effects of that darn Rona in some of the scenes, but I'm grateful they pulled it off. My kilt rating is a 4.7. My good is the shot of them pulling away in the big house in mm -hmm. the wagon. Yep. All the feels. I have two bads, and like you, Mary, it isn't really a bad, but the scene of the big house getting shot up really brought a tear yes. to my eye. The real bad is the Roger and Bree moment. Please, Outlander, stop with those scenes. They don't work. It's one of those Phoebe <laughs> moments. You know the one. Oh, my eyes, my eyes. Not good, Bob. 
And by the way, we don't need to see sparks and smoke between the sheets all the time, but we do need those quiet Jamie and Claire moments. Nobody smolders better than Jamie, and I mean nobody. Mm. So don't try it with anyone else. And my grade was Ian to the rescue. Yippee-ki-yay, mother. Well, I'm going to miss you guys until then. Stay safe and be well. Don, excellent call. You come, you call back anytime that you want. That, that was some good stuff. Bring in the heat on that one. And yes, Mary, PETA, indeed. I'll take it. <laughs> Blake, yep. Mary, Steve Mack here from Merrimack, New Hampshire. Hey, Steve. I wanted to call you guys and let you know your podcast is awesome. Found by, by the way, Steve, I just want to say uh, you are an honorary. Your cousin from Boston. Yeah. Because you're in, you're in New by. Hampshire. And you know what? I got a I got a warm heart for New Hampshire. He does. Just as cold as his heart is for Connecticut, oh. it's that warm for New Hampshire. Oh. And yet they're like, I don't know, two and a half hours apart. The, it, again, the the line between love and hate, very thin. Very thin. For friends who live in like normal big sized states. <laughs> this blows it's their like mind. Two towns away. <laughs> yeah. Someone was just saying the other day about how they're gonna drive to this airport that is actually like a closer airport and it's only four hours away. And I went, <laughs> four hours away? It's <laughs> like four airports in I between live, there for us. Um, at least. Yeah. At least. I think more like six. And I said, in four hours, I could be in New York City parked Mm -hmm. eating lunch yeah getting ready for a broadway show getting some white glove service (laughs) one hour from boston and you're you're just going to the airport holy smokes (laughs) claire says i used to live in merrimack new hampshire well claire i went to school in new hampshire i went to st anselm college in manchester so that's why i have such a deep love and appreciation for all things oh and thank you for the happy uh, belated birthday stars for all things uh, new hampshire so live free or die all right steve back to you yes you guys and Outlander in general during the past Droughtlander. Okay. We've me and my wife have watched it like three times all the way through, and you guys are the best. Thanks. On to the season. I love first and foremost the way they've handled Ian getting his story with the Cherokee, getting all the not the Cherokee, the Mohawk. The way they handled that, getting to know him better in that way was awesome. Uh Lizzie. Lizzie, what in the world? <laughs> they don't do that in New Hampshire. Hard to get. She's being kind of weird, I thought. Then all of a sudden, she's the twin slayer. She hops from <laughs> twin to the twin. twin slayer. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> I didn't expect it, but I love it. Uh. Mrs. Bug. Mrs. Bug sucks. <laughs> she's devious. She's a she's a gossip whore. No, thank you, Mrs. Bug. I want you gone. The opening sequence oh. in the show in general, this year's song, the season's song, oh, yes. the end harmony with them running across yes. the beach. Oh, yeah. Waterworks every time. Yep. So amazing. And I'm so glad we finally saw it at the last scene of the season. <laughs> Blake? Yes. Your accent, your Boston. I grew up north of Boston. You go from mid America to Charlestown at the drop of a hat. I love it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know that was one of the things that people have called out on our Apple Podcast reviews yes. is that you come in and out of your accent from time to time. It's, tr- it's totally true, and you want to know why that happens? I have no idea. It happens when I am comfortable. You, you when my accent comes out, mm-hmm. you know that I'm comfortable. If it's gone and I start talking like this, that means I'm either trying to sound smart or I'm trying to make a point or I'm not comfortable enough where I feel like I know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. So, and if I have a couple of drinks in me. Then you're gone. No, oh, forget it. You can't even Don't understand the word them. that no. I'm saying. So, yes, it does come and go. 
when I'm on the podcast because sometimes I'm just not comfortable. That's how it is, really. And I get nervous. Like, if I'm nervous, it doesn't come out because I'm trying to sound smart, I guess. And my accent comes out when I've had it, when I'm just like, done. Here we go. I'm ready to complain. Like, when I'm in a (laughs) complaining mood, it comes out. When I've had a wee dram or two, it comes out. Oh, yes, it does. Or I turn British. Uh, Oh, very true. Immediately turns British. So... Sorry, friends who aren't used to people who go in and out of accents. It's part of being in Rhode Island. We're half Boston, half New York. We don't know what we're doing. Oh, I'm Massachusetts. You're Rhode Island. You've been living in Rhode Island for over a decade. Does, I'm still Massachusetts. I'm Massachusetts nope, at heart. I've leaked into your brain. Everyone knows it. <laughs> Steve, you call in anytime, my friend. I'm so glad to have another a fellow person from Massachusetts. Uh, a male, to be honest. I think that's I love awesome. getting all these male listeners. This is great stuff, man. I'm I'm in. Let's go. Let's. And if any of you tried to friend me on Instagram and I blocked you and you're actually a listener, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I get male followers on Instagram, block. <laughs> and so I just want to say, Steve, you got two good names, the Twin Slayer and the Gossip Whore. Great stuff. Love it. Th- that might be some new shirts. I don't know. We're just going to throw that out there, especially the Twin Slayer. And I don't mean to be like, ew, I don't like guys, but I got like internet viral because of a gray haired post. So all yeah. these like silver foxes in their 70s keep friend requesting me on Instagram. Yeah, I don't so, want to be a sugar mama. No, nope. I don't. And I don't want you to be that either. I don't even know what a sugar mama. I don't even have sugar. <laughs> <laughs> all the pepper. Dr. Peppa. <laughs> All right. Continue. Get the next one. Hi, Mary and Blake. Stacy from Canada. Hi, so Stacey. thoughts on the season six finale. Okay. So I'm with Mary. This is a five kilt for me. Um, it's, you know, I'm still deciding, but I, it's ranking up there as one of my favorite finales. Mm-hmm. 213 will forever be my fave, but mm-hmm. still deciding. Um, my good is actually where they left it, where they left off. Um, it's, yes, a cliffhanger to end all cliffhangers, but it also has some level of, of hope and, and triumph. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, they didn't wrap everything up, but I just don't think there was any way that they could move some plot points ahead to sort of wrap those up without undermining what's to come. Um, but that's just me. My bad. Um, just the room. Roger and Bree need to burn that room um, and better not even think about giving it back to to Jemmy after what they did with it. Um, And my great is honestly everything, everything Jamie and Claire this episode. I'm with Blake. I thought the episode was really its strongest when we were with Jamie and Claire. The juxtaposition between um, episode seven when Claire's awake in bed and sees Lionel and she keeps her back to Jamie and keeps it to herself Mm -hmm. to this episode where she turns to him and says, I'm so scared and shares that with him. Um, it was amazing. Yes. I'm going to have to do a part two. All right, Stacey. You know what? You've been a great call all season. You got you got two, girlfriend. Got this. Breaking all the rules. Hi, Stacey again. And just to, to wrap up, um, yeah. So that was my great, just everything with Jamie and Claire. And mm-hmm. I loved how they showed she turned to him and shared her fear. Yes. Um, and they comforted each other in you know, the way that Jamie and Claire do. Um, so loved everything to do with that. And um, yeah, just to, just to say, I really, really enjoyed season six. Um, I know some people were mixed on it. I really loved the exploration of Claire's mental health mm-hmm. journey and sort of the build up to that and the resolution of that. Um, and I really 
I thought this was my favorite episode of the season, episode eight. I'm really looking forward to what they're going to bring us in, in, um, in season seven. Um, and I know we're going to have to wait for a while, but, um, I'm sure it'll be worth it. Okay. And I just want to say thank you to you, Mary and Blake. Um, it's been fun being able to enjoy all of season six with you guys and listen to you every week. Um, and I, you know, look forward to enjoying season seven with you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Stacey. Mary, your favorite episode of the season so far? Like, just... It's a little hard to get, uh, to pick right now. I do yeah. need to tell you that because I need to look at them um, through that kind of an eye. I need a whole like re full season rewatch. Yep. Um, I will get back to you on that. I think right off the jump, my first inclination is to say the Ian episode. Okay. I think that's. Yeah, I would I would say the E. I episode. don't know if you scored it as high as. No, that was. Was that? Uh, it. Well, I think I gave that a four or five. Interesting. I, I think I can't remember. Um. All right, Marvin. We are at an hour for this episode. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot reading. more to go. Um. So I, I want. I just want to take a temperature of your feeling, and do you want to power through these, and we'll have a a, a nice long episode, or Let's what? Just do you... go. Let's keep it up. All right, here we go. Uh, Anne chimes in. She says, "Blake, unless things have changed much over the years, the reason why they stay in Scotland to use Canadian First Nations and won't come to the U.S. to film is because they are avoiding unions and union rules. Yes, they are avoiding U- American unions. I agree." Um, but that still doesn't mean the fact that the crew walked off the set halfway through the season as well due to bad filming conditions. That is just the truth, and it is the dirty little secret of this season. Heather Jackson says, Mary and Blake, you guys always deliver great discussion and insight on the show. Mary, I love your positive takes, and your opinion of the show is very similar uh-huh. to mine. I love it. And oh my God, you make me laugh. Blake, I thank you for giving your honest opinion and insight, even though it isn't always well-received. Your points make me think and allow me to dive deeper into the context of the show your show stats at the beginning of each episode have taught me how to be a better viewer and if show stats are for nerds then call me a nerd mary and blake your insight make the podcast but your chemistry together makes the podcast great you are the jamie and claire of the podcast community thank you for both for a great i would not want to be claire no gross i don't want to cut people up don't want to be shooting Mm -hmm. none of that I just... Goodbye. Nope, all set. I wouldn't mind being Jamie. I'm not going to lie. You know? Okay. Those pecs. You can live that life. Those pecs, man. (laughs) (laughs) That Adam's apple, though. I don't think I could do that. You don't have that. No, I'm saying I don't think I could do... I I don't think I could have Jamie's Adam's apple. I wouldn't... I wouldn't... I I don't like people touching my neck. It's weird. It's weird. People touching my neck. Why do you think someone touches it? Do you think that's part of their foreplay that Claire like licks it? Yeah. He's like, go for the apple and she just like circles it. It's so big. How could you not? It's so big that it's just like, that's a thing that people are just are, you know, like when you're a pregnant lady, people touch your belly. I got a feeling that people just go up to Sam and touches Adam's apple because it's that big. No one will do that to Sam. (laughs) It's Uh, not that big. I've seen bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Still got it. No, no, wrong one, Blake. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get to the next uh, one. Hello, Mary and Blake. This is Anne from Denver. Hello, Anne. I'm calling in reference to episode 8608. I am not alone. My kilt rating is 4.8. I love this episode. I had all the feels. My GBG are... My good was the subtle nod between Jamie and Lizzie and the twin. Um... So simple, yet so wonderful. 
My bad is the lack of belly on the brie. She announced her pregnancy before Melba, yet she isn't showing much. Um, and the great would be the beach scene. It was mm. so good, and what a shot. Like, I enjoyed listening to you and your understanding of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to this ending, sorry, but I think you are getting a big hung up, a bit hung up on it not being a finale. And you are being a little bit of a log carrier and a PETA because <laughs> you want it to be one way. And because it doesn't fit your mold, you're willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Thank you for all your hard work. Get better, Mary. And oh, welcome to Droughtlander. Mary's trying. Have a good day. I'm trying. She's trying so, so very hard. hard. Right I give her a lot of credit. Uh, Let's see. Oh, Sam just says, uh, Mary, let's leave Liam Neeson out of this, please. <laughs> we are. <laughs> when you... We'll leave Liam Neeson out of this conversation. The man's a saint. <laughs> All right, let's get to the next one. He's not a saint. Hi, it's Fiona here from Sunderland, England. I just wanted to say thank you for a really good season of Outlander Cast. I love listening to you guys. Thanks, Fiona. And I really thought this was a brilliant season. I didn't think it finished everything off. I kind of agree with Blake, but I do love the whole phrases on the ridge and all of that amazing stuff that we did get to witness. I can't wait for season seven. And I also want to know what Mary thought about. Oh, oh no. She got cut off. Well, Mary, she wanted to know what you thought about something. Whatever it was, it was so controversial. I know. That. that oh. Hi, it's Fiona here. From- you you, you touched <laughs> Pushed it again. You pushed it again. I didn't even mean to. I'm going to throw in a question for you, Fiona. Mary. What are your thoughts on? Um, Don't make me think too much, man. What are your thoughts on fish food ice cream versus chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream? I prefer fish food ice cream. I like getting surprises in each bite. <laughs> there you go, Fiona. Hopefully that answers your question. By Ben and Jerry's, based out of New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Actually, no, Vermont. Vermont, whatever. Vermont. They're the same. No, they're, they're not. not the same. I know they're not the same. Nowhere near the. Don't I know you they're dare not the say same. that. I won't allow that blasphemy in this house. The hippies are in yeah. Vermont. The, 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 the live free or dies. Yeah. We're in New, New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. Very blue, very red. <laughs> That's how that works. One has ice cream. One's one has no tax on, on alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> or sales tax. Yeah, or sales tax in general. All right, here we go. Hello, this is Kirsten. Hi, Kirsten. I am a longtime listener and recent member of the Patreon, and I wanted to comment on the season six finale of Outlander. I am a book reader and show watcher, and I watch with my show-only husband, and we both loved the finale. My absolute favorite part was the conversation between Jamie and Claire in bed when Mm -hmm. she had that tear down her cheek. And she said, I'm so scared. And she let Jamie into her fear Mm -hmm. and let him comfort her. That felt like I was watching Outlander again. Yes, I've been married for almost 15 years. And I know there are times when I try to do things on my own. But when I let my husband into my fear or my pain, we can walk through things together. Mm. And that's what I saw in this episode. I also absolutely love... Roger Mack, he is my favorite. Hmm. Like you are missing out because you don't know book Roger. But Richard Rankin does an amazing job with what they have given him. And in this episode, I saw Roger shine. And I can't wait to see what they do with him in season seven. Oh my gosh, I know. Well, Kirsten, I uh, I hope that, that he does well in season seven. But you do bring up a great point, And there's one that I want to emphasize, which is this. 
we all know that Claire and Jamie ain't going to die. So all the stuff that they were talking about, you know, and all the, like, you know, the, you know, oh, the guy showing up with the gun, is he going to kill Claire? And, like, we all know that ain't going to happen. But it's, again, it's these little things that you see that are amidst the action that make the show and the relationship what it is. And Kirsten said it right up, right off the jump. It's the, I'm so scared. Mm-hmm. That is a real honest moment for character in a situation we know that they're not going to die in. Yeah. But that's a genuine feeling that they can and are allowed to feel within the context of that scene. Agreed. So I really, really, really liked that too. Hey, Mary and Blake. This is Jennifer from Chicago. Always listen. First time caller calling on the season six finale of Outlander. I just want to let you know, Blake, I've got your back on this one. Thank you. Uh, This was definitely a disappointing season finale. And when I think about season finales like Dragonfly and Amber, uh, like you referenced, this just doesn't uh, compare. Uh, I don't like the cliffhanger. And I just felt generally like the season was very rushed and incomplete. I uh, still love the show. I uh, love you guys. Uh, and just trying to get Blake's back on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jen. I half appreciate the support. Are, half of you are like, Blake, you're crazy. I know. So I know. it's, you know, once again, I just love this. I, what's, what is interesting to me is how people who don't know the ins and outs are going to. Um, handle this kind of a finale. So, you know, like the general show watcher who doesn't listen to podcasts and doesn't read the blogs and doesn't Mm -hmm. listen to all the interviews. For the people who don't know what the crew went through, what the cast went, you know what I mean? How those people are going to handle it. Yeah, and that is something that I think is a fair conversation, right? Because... Because they can't come out with like... You know, you know when you're making a website, or you go to a website that's being made, and there was a construction guy, yeah, like under construction, like under yeah. construction, come back later. You know, they couldn't do the equivalent of that, saying, "Right, we promise the rest of this season is coming." Yeah, it's just we had, you know, there's no ability to do that in a TV show. Yeah, for, for like for nerds like us, that that um, like the people, warning yes, yes. comes through their channels. But then again, they have a duty to make a complete, coherent, and full season within the within the confines of what they're given. Because you're right, Mary, a, lis- a listener or a viewer should not have to rely on social media or podcasts or you know press releases mm-hmm. to get the full context. Of your story. So I'll be interested for friends in the future listening to this. For those of you in the future who get to binge, you know, maybe you start off on Netflix, which just let in season five, by yes. the way, yes. as of today, the day of, of, um, of recording. So, so you think about this next long stretch of Droughtlander. There's going to be a ton more Outlander fans. A lot of people listening right now and joining us on the live conversation found out about Outlander through the pandemic and through this Droughtlander, for mm-hmm. example. So there's going to be another crop of people who are going to find out about yep. it, binge through it, potentially go and get stars so they can watch season six. And 
on one hand, I think, will they be sitting there saying like, wow, that was a very different season finale? Or will they be sitting there saying, I know there's going to be a season seven. I don't even have to Google it. Like I know there is and I'm excited about that and I can't wait to see what happens next. My sense is that's much more likely than, than that. So again, like you have to consider... Because that's the, that's the worst when you watch a show and you say, is there going to be another season? I don't really know. Do I need more to this? Whereas this tells you, hold on tight. Yeah. Like, you better hold on to that horse's reins because we're just getting started. Yeah. Think of like the Umbrella Academy, how it ended in season two mm-hmm. with uh, the Sparrows. And we were like, is there going to be a season three? Like, yes. Is this thing going to happen? So there's we no question. Sure. But we know that now that there is going to be season three. So it's more acceptable. Yes. So, so I will yeah. say that for Outlander, I think for the people who watch this in the future, it will be a no question for them and it'll be exciting actually for them. Yep, fair enough. Let's get the next one. Hi, Miriam Blake. This is Mayan from Florida. Hi, Mayan. My kilt rating for this episode is a 4.8. And I honestly think this episode is a good episode, but it didn't feel like a final episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for next season, that's for sure. Yes. Um, my GBG are good. Tom Christie. Mm. He really surprised me. I mean, this episode. And I loved the, the, the part where he shot in the air to stop all the people throwing rocks and sticks. Um, good point. Jamie and Claire. Now that's a way to throw rocks. <laughs> Um, my bad is anything that has to do with the Browns. Richard Brown. Oh my God. Oh, I just can't stand the man. Can't stand him. Um, my great, my great was Ian this episode Mm. and the last shot, which was incredible. And the shot that went through the hand and the eye. Yes. That chief bird. Made, that was amazing. That mm-hmm. was absolutely incredible. I am so excited for you guys to start recording the podcast about Bridgerton. Oh, we are too. Yay. Oh, looks like she got cut off there. Aww. Well, we're excited to bring talk about Bridgerton as well. Uh, Bingley's sister chimes in here and says, It is okay to conversate, Blake. And if I lived in the Northeast instead of the Northwest, I'd happily buy the beer and converse at length. Aww. Alas. In complete agreement regarding Bree, Roger and Brie lagging, Jamie Payne's many gifts, the shattered glass motif, the difference between us knowing JNC's fate versus them knowing their fate. On the other hand, though, I get your point about producers needing, needing a better plan for the season. But I actually do disagree at the same time. The season had to end here because of all the reasons. They had a 12-script season, and they weren't going to get to the end. Any finale that did not involve ginormous Wilmington pregnant Kate in an armed standoff love scene and wagon battle reflects good planning under ridiculous production circumstances. I don't know where those last four scripts take us, but this 
captured by the Browns seemed like a logical breaking point. The nine episodes from Never My Love to this finale offer a complete arc, Claire's rescue and recapture. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know where you would have ended this season, working with just the eight episodes we've seen, and how or you would have changed the episode eight to make it a better finale. Would it have been better to recut or rearrange and end with Malva's death? Perhaps Succession and Better Call Saul produced better COVID seasons because they had the luxury of shooting mostly interiors in warm climates versus extensive outdoor shooting in Scotland in the winter and without a lead actress who was exp- exponentially more pregnant week by week. If I had to redo it all, again, I'm in the business of podcast making, so I'm not here to write a better show. The- these are the people that are the professionals, but if I had to recut it and rearrange it, yes, I would make Mal... Uh, well, I don't think I would make Malva's death the finale. I don't think I would. But I would give a hint about the I would give a hint about who it might be. Because you told a story concerning Claire's mental health, and I think you really succeeded in that. But part of that mental health was involving Malva's death. And again, if you had to squint at it, you could say, well, the arc is they started off very friendly and full of people and they ended with nothing. Um, but it's, you made such a big deal out of the Malva experience that to just let that go and have nothing other than Tom Christie show up to protect Claire. I mean, I don't think it's nothing. That's the entire reason that Claire is being taken off and put in jail. I know, but it's, it's not about it being resolved. It's about hinting towards it for next season. Like there's, there's been, there was nothing of that at all in the season finale whatsoever. Well, everyone... I disagree. I think everyone there thinks it is clear. Like there's no other. No, but for the viewer, in terms of the finale itself, like mm-hmm. you have to, you you start something, which is fine. You, f- you have to find a way to at least acknowledge it and say, okay, this is a thing. We know we're not solving it, but this is a thing. Um, think of uh, Lost season three. But. Who, but with whom are we even feeling or thinking that or caring at this moment? Like, if we are there with Jamie and Claire, they're not sitting there saying, maybe if I can solve this murder, it'll set me free. No, they're being jostled around and shot at and stoned and, and torn apart. So sure. I, I disagree because no one else on the ridge is trying to think that it's somebody else. There's no who done it. There's no clue. Yep. And then the two characters who are on the ridge that we care about, who would be interested in potentially finding the murderer, sure. have some some other things on their plate right now. I got you. All right, let's get the next one. Hi, Mary and Blake. I'm Emma. I'm calling from Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Emma. And I wanted to talk about the fact that I don't believe that Tom is in love with Claire. Okay. Tom is extremely devout and his decisions are made based off of what he believes to be right by God and his religion. Tom and Jamie have many parallels between them. I think that there's a lot of jealousy coming from Tom aimed at Claire and Jamie and Claire is a piece of that puzzle, but I think he wants what they have, not necessarily Claire specifically. Tom lost his wife to allegations of witchcraft as Malva shares the season. And now there's this woman, Claire, who's independent and wicked smart, practicing her medicine despite the previous witchcraft allegations. She's bold at helping people. She speaks up for herself. She's got long uncovered hair for crying out loud and even Tom cannot deny that she's a badass. Hmm. She's helping people. Her and Jamie are an amazing team with a happy, strong family unit. 
I believe that he knows that Claire's innocent and despite wanting to fiercely defend his own family, that the Christie's aren't on some level at fault, regardless of who the killer ends up being. I feel like we almost see Tom going through the stages of grief this season and just realizing that you can be flexible in your beliefs with others and still be a good person, which would be earth shattering for someone who is as pious as Tom. Thank you so much. I wish I could say more on this right now, but we're on a time crunch. Mm. Um, I love the podcast. Thank you so much for all you do. And I can't wait for next season. I'm glad this, I got to call for the first time. Yay. All right. Thank you, Emma. I really appreciate that. Listen, uh, ladies and gents, I see my wife devolving in well, front of my very tell eyes. Much, tell me how much more there is. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11 more voicemails to go, which at least in a minute and a half each, which means we're Wait, at so here's what's going to happen. Minutes. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to have part two of listener feedback because there's no way we're going to get through all of those and all the written comments that you still have in the script, right? Uh, well, I got one more written comment. Oh. I got one more. Read the written comment. Okay. Maybe we can. Well... I'm looking at you, Marvin, and you're hurting, so I can I can feel it. This one comes from Carrie. Now, Carrie gives us uh, I'm sorry, no, Julie. This one this one comes from Julie. And Julie every year gives us a report on our grades for each episode and uh, our outlandish theories. And she is our stats are for nerds girl. Mm-hmm. I love receiving Julie's email at the end of every season. It's just like, it warms my heart. So I have to put this. She said, Blake, you upped your percentage this season with a percentage of correct theories with 79.5%. Although season three still remains your best season when you got 82.5% of your nice. theories, correct? And according to your kilt ratings, <laughs> with a copyright symbol, <laughs> this is Mary's second favorite season. Behind, Mary, if you had to take a guess, which is your first favorite season? My first yes. season? My top season? If you had to take a guess. Um, if I had to take a guess, I would say season one. Uh, no. You, of the, you mean the highest that I've graded? Yes. Um, I don't know. Which one is it? Uh, season five? Yes, season five. That was your top season. I can believe that. And so this is your second favorite season behind season five. And this is Blake's fifth favorite. There were a lot less five ratings this season from the both of us. There was three as opposed to an average of nine total. For every There weren't season. even nine episodes. Uh, that's true. As to the question you asked at the end of the last podcast, how does Blake's ratings compare to Mary's? Well, Blake, you are typically at around 90% of Mary's ratings. So oh. if you are giving it a 10, I'm giving it a 9. So generally, that's how it works. Thanks for your awesome podcast. That makes me laugh out loud and confuse drivers around me. I so enjoy listening to you both. <laughs> Praying season seven comes quickly so we can have more podcasts, but not too quickly because we need to get some good quality episodes that have answers about a boatload of questions. Thank you from Julie Gibson. Julie, again, thank you so, so very much. It's so cool, Julie. I loved looking at that. So awesome. You'll have to share that into uh, the Marion Blake. Yeah, and she, gave us, she gave us a whole yeah, picture, screenshot, and screenshot and the whole thing, the whole so graph. So here's the scoops, friends. Um, I am failing at being a functioning human being yes. right now. Uh, those of you who are joining us live... <laughs> You can see the slow deterioration of my face. <laughs> um, so we are going to have a part two of the listener feedback. That being said, 
it will most likely just be audio based versus yes. having a video component. Um, I'm just, it's, it allows us to have a bit more flexibility with our kids who have been sick. It allows me to have a bit more flexibility with myself if I need to ask like deposit. <laughs> so the part two of this podcast will just be audio based yes. and we will get it out to you this week. And we, and obviously you all took the time to write in and to leave some voicemails and this, again, this we is, we want to honor that. We want to honor this is just as much your platform as it is ours. And we've made that promise to you since 2014. So we're never going to let go of that. I just, I have to take care of my bride here and I can see her falling apart right in front of me. Yeah. So that is that ladies and gents, let's close this bad boy out. We will have part two, hopefully relatively soon within this week. Yeah. I would say probably within this week, we should be able to have something for you. And, uh, and that'll be that. So, okay. all right, you ready? I am. Let's do it. Thank you all so incredibly much for tuning in this season we are thrilled that season seven is going to be filled with even more episodes of this amazing show uh, we do want to remind you to keep your eyes at outlandercast.com for all of the blog posts that our amazing staff of bloggers keep coming out with it's they've just got so many talented people from around the world those of you who are book readers we welcome you into the outlander cast clan gathering book club on facebook um, our beloved angela hickey is going to be leading some great discussions there she's going to be talking about the season finale <clears throat> from a book reader's perspective mm -hmm. of course um past couple of episodes and kind of just doing a whole um season uh, pers perspective from a book reader's perspective oh my gosh i'm seeing look this is called brain fog <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wanted to know what it's like um and then also as i said earlier the drums of autumn read along will be happening as well inside that facebook community so you're more than welcome to join us there um blake and i do have an exclusive facebook community for listeners of any and all of our podcasts it's just search mary and blake you'll find it there because during Droughtlander, as Blake said earlier, we're going to be keeping things busy with Bridgerton and The Last Kingdom and Harry Potter. And we'll have the new Game of Thrones show coming on. And we yep. may have some other things popping up here or there. And we are still, of course, finishing This Is Us. Now, if you've never watched This Is Us during Droughtlander, give it a whirl. Give it a whirl and check out our podcast. If you enjoy Blake and I as podcasters, you actually get to know a lot more about us in those podcasts. We share a lot about ourselves. Um kind of take you on a ride because it's a very personal show yeah i'm just ready for bridgerton so make sure uh also and in the last kingdom i can't wait to get back to the last kingdom oh so excited for that utrid son of utrid let's go <laughs> um go to maryandblake.com check out all the great podcasts that we have there as mary said the mary and blake facebook group is a great place to get in touch with mary and i just very directly and it has all of the news all of the things happening at mary and blake media and if you're not on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. A lot of stuff goes on there as well. And of course, join the nerdclan.com. Right now, we are voting on our reward for hitting 900 members. Yay. And the the top 5, the top 5 nominees are Cooking with Blake, uh, a commentary on The Godfather from Mary and I, uh, a review of Downton Abbey: The New Era, Booby, and uh, Mary and Blake's top 5 favorite films or television shows to uh, discuss on uh, during Droughtlander, like to recommend. Okay. And what was the fifth one? I don't know. I don't remember what the fifth one is. 
Okay. Oh, a Zoom call with all the nerd clan. Oh, very so cool. So that is that. So if you want to vote on that and you want to have one of those things done by Mary and I, you can go to jointhenerdclan.com and vote on it there. It is the top post. It is pinned. You can't miss it. And if you are like, I'm not in jointhenerdclan.com, but I want to do whatever those fun things are, you can join. You could still join for still less $2 a month. It's less than a cup of coffee. And it goes to help this mom and pop podcast. So. <laughs> Caitlin here says, I think if you guys hit a thousand, Blake has to watch the sound of music live. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> nope. All right, my friends, thank you ever so much. Truly, from the bottom of our hearts, we are just so blessed to be with you. Especially over these past couple of years, you've been, you've kept us less alone. So yes. part two is coming. And on that note, my name is Mary. My name is Blake. And you have been listening to Outlander Cast. Thank you.